Hello everybody out there and welcome to another episode of the Talk That Talk show with me, Barry Holmes, here for our 107th installment for the Talk That Talk show. Um, let, let's just say I was, I'm not in the best of spirits, we're going to get into that a little bit uh, into this show, but you know, I wasn't in the best frame of mind, I didn't want to exactly hop here onto the show, but... You know, I had a nice talk with my boy TK, uh, my, my sister's boyfriend. He said, you know, consistency's key, man. You got to keep going. And um, definitely, you know, knew we were going to come here onto the show. And uh, I wanted to wait till after the Nick game because, you know, we're going to be talking some heavy Knicks talk tonight, man. And um, I definitely want to give a big shout out to Theo, who's definitely hype about his, his Hawks right now. But we'll get, like I say, we'll get later into the show about that. But, um... You know, before we get started, I want to give a big shout out to our sponsors, V Dub. Oh, I can't say V Dub anymore. Boy, I wish those, I missed those guys, man. Uh, hopefully, we can get a new sponsor up here soon enough. But um, you know, like I said, we're gonna give a big shout out to our sponsors. Here we are, uh, my boy Je- uh, Galata is doing some big things over there, Jeff Galata. Um, if you guys need any heating or cooling conditioning, especially with the summer coming up, uh, guys, you know, I was sweating. I had to jockey my brother, uh, pray so, so he could put the AC in. And, you know, thank goodness he, he put it in for us because, uh, you know, when when you're when it's hot out and, you know, you don't have your air conditioning right, it is brutal. Shout out to my boy Darius. I don't know how he's doing it in the Dominican Republic right now. But, um, yeah, please hit Jeff up over there, Air We Are, because – They'll help you out, and it's gonna. Be, you want to stay ahead of that for sure. Also, want to give a shout out to my boy Timmy Hugel. Yo, uh, this guy. Even though we just came out with the Elevens, I swear. Um, you know, we went right back to the drawing board. Um, I think that we got a, a really dope release lined up. Hopefully for July. Um, we're gonna get a little bit more into that as the weeks come on and as we solidify some things. But um. Just know if you didn't get a chance at the OG 11s, you, you got a really big chance, all right, uh, to get some really hot shit in the next couple of months. So uh, please, guys, don't sleep on us. My boy Ink, uh, you know, Timmy over at Ink Parlor is doing some great things, man. Um, he's helping me and he's pushing me continuously to put out hot stuff and he'll help that with your brand as well, too. You know, also want to give a big shout out to my boy Savion Gainer, who's a fellow Nick fan like me uh, over at Skydye Socks. Like I said, I, I put in my request. Uh, me and him, we've been we've been going all across Jersey getting some of these hats. So um, he's been, like I said, my partner in crime, not only just in the business world, but you know, as a friend as well too. So you know, I I, I put my stamp on him every single time, man. Say is. Uh, He's a good dude, so if you guys need any type of custom tie-dyeing, please hit him up over there at Skydye Socks. Shout-out to my Uncle Mickey, who says, what's up, Barry? Shout-out to uh, Stephanie, who I saw on the FaceTime when my boy Jeff had the the OG2 on. So big shout-out to Steph Cabrera, and then also my boy Ishabod Crane. And then finally, want to give a shout-out to Joe Snow and Maria over at New York Life, helping people to get their financial freedom every single day, man. And especially in times like we're in now, you want to make sure that your finances are in order, man. Um, and, you know, definitely want to get into this, uh, this show, man. And, and I think the biggest thing, and, you know, we're going to get a lot of Nick's talk here. And, um, you know, I was just so happy 
to finally say that, um, you know, for the first time in my life, you know, I was able to see a, a New York Knicks playoff game. And, you know, like I said, before we get into what happened with game four, you know, I 100 percent want to talk about what I did see for game three. And maybe that can help us out to, to decipher what we saw today in game four. And uh, what I saw from the Knicks in game three, well, first off, let's backtrack. You know, I was in the sweatshop with my boy Timmy Hugel. Uh, shout again, shout out to him over at Ink Parlor. You know, he's giving me a little extra work here and there. And um, you know, I was in the sweatshop with him, and I was I had been looking at the the, the prices of the tickets. Uh, this is Darius. Hold on, I guess he's got to understand. I got the show going, but um, you know, I think the biggest thing, like I said, was I was looking for these tickets. And, you know, I was trying to see, I knew Knicks tickets were going to be, you know, quite expensive. And, you know, we all know how it is. You're thinking about breaking the bank. But, you know, I, I kept looking and I had really found out a time where the tickets were, they were really good. You know, like it, were, it was an affordable price to me. I, granted, you know, no Knicks t tickets realistically, you're going to say are affordable. But, um, you know, I, I, to, to me, myself, for the experience, for the, you know, never seeing my team play, you know, in the playoffs live, you know, for had covering over, what, 110, 115 different playoff games. I mean, not playoff games, regular season games. You know, think about it. You know, before the pandemic, before I lost my job, you know, Madison Square Garden was pretty much my backyard. Um, I was literally at the games. You know, I went through Jeff Hornacek. You know, I went through David Fisdale. You know, I went through, uh, you know, all those different coaches, uh, Derek Fisher, which they cycled through. I sat right in front row next to Ian Begley. You know, I was the first guy to ask questions on MSG post game. You know, I lived, breathed, died in New York Knicks basketball, man. And, um, you know, before the pandemic hit, uh, you know, I was there. And, and after, you know, losing my job, you know, through – you know, various reasons for the pandemic, you know, I, I never thought when I'd have the opportunity to get into Madison Square Garden again. And like I said, I was in that sweatshop and I saw the ticket prices and it, it was right in the range where I said, you know what, I think I can do this, man. And, and I pulled the trigger and I tell you right now, it was probably the best decision that I ever made in my life. And, you know, I want to take this beyond just Knicks tickets and I want to take it to the to the next level about, you know, pretty much getting these tickets. And uh, I think a lot of times, um, especially now where, again, you know, we have the financial advisors or planners like Joe Snow and Marie over at New York Life. And they're constantly helping, you know, people to, to set up these budgets. And especially when you don't exactly have the same funds coming in that you might have had, you know, pre-pandemic. So, you know, we're in super budget mode for the most part. And. I think that sometimes it, 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 when we're in this budgeting mode very heavily, it can become hard to then try and do the things that you want to do, or you might not exactly uh, get the things that you might want, or you might settle for certain things. You know, my boy Peter Dunn, shout out to him, he said that, you know, to, to live the lifestyle that he likes to live, you know, he has to work for the things that he wants. And, you know, that's the thing that for everybody that lives life, you know, we want to, we want to enjoy ourselves. And the point that I'm trying to get across is a lot of times we let money or the, the significance of money deter us from doing the things that we want to do. And I, I kid you not, I looked at myself and I was like, you know what? 
I might be fucking crazy for spending, you know what, 600 something bucks on some New York Knicks tickets uh, for playoff tickets. And I got, I was able to get two tickets, which I was super happy about. But, um, you know, the moral of the story is that, you know, when I literally threw that, that denial or I threw that, that notion of, you know, I can't do this or, you know, maybe I shouldn't do this. You know, I, I literally didn't stop myself from having the most probably amazing time of my life ever as a Knicks fan, as a as a fan of sports. You know, I had been to playoff games before where, you know, I saw the, the, the Mets. You know, I saw them with my father and my uncle play in the playoffs before. I was able to see, you know, a playoff win for the Devils. But it's something to, to actually be when you have your favorite team, the New York Knicks. I've been rooting for this team for, you know, so long. And I've seen such, you know, heartbreak and, and I've experienced so much bad basketball with them. I mean, they practically uh, – I remember the one year it was um, – it might have been either 2015 or no 2016, one of those where it was a historically bad year for the Knicks. And – the last game of the season for anybody that was in the guard, every everything was free, whether it was um, Broadway Burger or whatever, whatever it was. Every food place in there was free, and I just couldn't believe that you know to get from that point where we were covering such you know bad basketball games to get to a point where we're now in the playoffs, and you know, and I was in a spot where I was like, you know what. I think I'm going to pull the trigger on these tickets. And like I said, and you know, Theo said, well, well worth it, bro. Um, 100% was worth it. You know, from the time, you know, I rode the train to get into New York City, um, you know, the first things first things first, you know, uh, a lot of times we like to go and, you know, hit up different bars and stuff before you head into the game. Everybody knows that if you're from New York or from the tri-state area, you don't just walk into the garden, you know. You got to get your buzz on a little bit. So, you know, I was able to go to this spot called Local, which is a dope rooftop bar right right across the street from the main entrance of the garden and um you know from that point you know it was really dope to just be around the atmosphere of just just pure Knicks fans that were just happy to be there and just happy to be in a position where we could support you know uh just talking to people that you never met before in your life just about different Nick opinions and uh just just the overall happiness of being there you know I think that you know, it's so underrated as a fan, and um, especially when you're just watching your team from behind the television, it's hard to really, you know, grasp that atmosphere or be a part of that or understand what that feels like. And, you know, a lot of times with me, you know, working in media, you know, I really have that opportunity to, to, to embrace the fanship about it because you have to be unbiased when you're reporting. So, you know, to be able to, again, be in that atmosphere at that rooftop bar, Get primed up, ready to go. Uh, got to see my boy Kev Schaefer. Shout out to Kev Schaefer who, uh, you know, stopped by the bar and stopped to see me before I went to the game as another true Nick fan. Um, but it, it was, like I said, as soon as we walked into the garden, um, you could just feel this electricity, like, inside your chest. You know, for nobody that's ever been to Madison Square Garden before or for anybody that hasn't been a part of New York sports um, it was just like, it was almost like it just, the, 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 the atmosphere just punches you right in the face, man. And, um, you know, whether it was, you know, chanting defense, whether it was the fuck Trey young chance or, uh, Trey is balding. Um, it, it was just an amazing experience to be a part of, you know, I lucked out, got some really awesome tickets. Um, 
was right across from the media section where I would work at Chase Bridge for so many years and uh, got to have a really good conversation with my boy Jamie. You know, shout out to you, Jamie. I, I, I was great to see you and, um, you know, exchange contact information and hopefully, you know, we can get some work in soon, man. But, um, you know, to, to be in a situation where you're literally looking right across at the place you used to be, you know, working at, you know, as a media guy to then sitting on the other side as a fan and really having good seats and being able to enjoy a game where I probably shouldn't have uh, done it. But like I said, it, it was just so worth it, man. And um, to just be a part of there, just, kind, you know, hitting the glass after every big bucket or, you know, high-fiving guys and just, just screaming at the top. I don't think I've gotten my voice back yet, but um, it was just an amazing thing. And uh, I, I'm so happy that I did it. And, and like I said, to anybody else out there that are fans of your team, you know, I strongly, strongly suggest that uh, you, you go out and try and see your, your team play in the playoffs, man, because – you know, after the pandemic and, you know, not even having a situation where we get to see live sports very often to now being a part of what 15,000 people that were there hungry for a win and, you know, really in essence got to see our first playoff win for the Knicks in, 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 um, in the, de in, in the decade, you know, so that was huge, man. And, um, like I said, don't let money and, and it's so funny because, you know, Jose, shout out to my boy, Jose. Jose said this before to me, but he's like, yo, fuck money. It's it's just money, bro. Like, you can make that shit back. It's just money. And sometimes it's not great to have that mentality. We understand that. But, you know, there's also times where you do need to have that mentality and you can't stop yourself from enjoying yourself. And especially if you're working hard, um, you know, don't stop. Don't let money stop you from doing the things that you want to do because, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. And, you know, I'll make that Knicks money back. Don't don't get it twisted. It'll get back. But, um, you know, like I said, you know, I, I, I just that that atmosphere of being in, in Madison Square Garden here in the Oregons, um, just just being a part of the electricity and just seeing how loud it was. You know, that that's what playoff basketball is all about. And, um, you know, from seeing that game, you know, I definitely want to talk about what we saw in, in game uh, game two. And what I saw in game two is I saw a team in the New York Knicks that, that um, they were playing with confidence, man. Um, you could tell that at first the, the shots weren't exactly falling, similar to what happened in the game today. Um, but the shots weren't falling for them. You know, Julius Randle had a really tough go. And, uh, you know, going into halftime, I think they were down something like definitely a double-digit deficit. And, you know, I turned over to Doc. I was like, I don't know, man. Um, it's not looking too good. And I, I was a little worried. And, uh, you know, I think that what we saw in game two is just how important home court advantages or just how important the home team can play, you know, a big role. You know, I saw, to use Walt Frazier's words, galvanize. You know, I saw, you know, this Nick crowd will that New York Nick team to victory. I mean, you have Alex Burke, who who was absolutely phenomenal in that game, too. You had Derrick Rose, who's been balling like an absolute stud and um, really has been the rock for the Knicks, you know, in this playoff. And I think it was a big move, and it all started in the second half when Tom Thibodeau decided to sit 
uh, Alfred Payton, and we haven't seen him since then. Uh, he, he decided to go with Derrick Rose from there, and I think he showed Tom Thibodeau showed a commitment to say, hey, you know, I'm going to lean on the guys that are really doing it for me, and I know I have this system, and, you know, Alfred Payton's played and started for X amount, but it was a big difference when he started Derrick Rose in that second half, and what we saw was, you know, that New York Knicks team was getting gritty after it on the defensive end, you know, they were creating opportunities, creating good shot opportunities, and taking advantage of them. And um, what we saw was um, Trey Young. He had a great game, but the role players around, you know, outside of Bogdanovich, who really had a good game as well, too. But, you know, those other guys like, you know, John Collins, who they said had one of his most worst games of his career, who didn't even score a point. Um and also other guys on the Hawks who didn't exactly hit their shots. But, you know, we saw that Trey Young is a bona fide stud, and he's going to go out there and he's going to drop that floater. He's going to get to the second and third level. He's going to blow by defenders. And, you know, we just haven't seen the commitment from the Knicks defensively to just double-team it and get it out of his hands. And that's what we saw in game two. And, you know, luckily, luckily enough, the Knicks had enough from the role players and enough defensively to get past a Julius Randle not having his best game and uh, and the Knicks really getting themselves back into contention in the series. And, uh, you know, when I left the Garden, you know, after a big win, it was absolutely nuts, man. Um, just to hear the different chants. Uh there was a lot of confidence, and I think that the 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 the, the fans and every fifteen thousand, sixteen thousand, whoever was there on Wednesday for Game Two, you know, we truly believed that we were gonna come in and we were gonna kick the shit out of Atlanta in Game Three because, you know, when you come back down from twelve and fifteen points, you know, it's not only a big thing for your team, but it's also a big mental for the team that you're going against as well too because they kind of feel like they let a game away, right? And the Knicks stole one. They stole one in game two. And we had a lot of good breaks go our way. Uh, Trey Young, we we, did, we we allowed, you know, the other people around to beat us, you know? And they didn't beat us game two, you know? It was, you know, Trey Young's consistency with that floater game that, that gave us problems. So now we talk about going into game three and what we just saw tonight and I said specifically, like I said, you got to get the ball out of Trey Young's hands and you have to have other people beat you besides Trey Young. And damn it, tonight, that's what happened. You know, I saw Bogdanovich absolutely shoot the lights out. You know, I saw John Collins, John, and people's faces getting throwing lob dunks. I saw Clint Capella throwing up uh, double C's. I mean, I don't know who, this, who the fuck this guy thinks he is, but... You know, I saw the Atlanta Hawks absolutely confident as whatever. Now, granted, Trey Young has been that confident since day one of this series. But what we saw tonight is we saw the Atlanta Hawks team when the Knicks said, Trey Young, you are not going to beat us tonight. Trey Young had under 30 points. I, I saw, I think, um, somebody on Facebook said, is, is Trey Young going to have over 40 points? I said, hell no. And I, and I was right. But like I said, the Knicks came out saying, hey, somebody other than Trey Young has got to beat us. And tonight, that's what happened. You know, everybody on that Atlanta team was balling. You know, I, I, you saw open threes. You saw, you know, shots in people's faces. 
it, it was it was tough, you know. But also, again, what I saw from this New York Knicks team is, and one thing that Thibodeau, uh, you know, he's not going to give up. And this Knicks team, I'm so proud of them, even though, you know, we're down 2-1 in this series. You know, I'm so proud of the way the Knicks still came out there. Uh, Tom Thibodeau did not choose to put his reserves in. Uh, Walt Frazier was like, I don't know why he's got these guys in there. And I think Tom Thibodeau really wanted to make a statement to not only the New York Knickerbocker team wearing those fucking uniforms. He also wanted to give it a statement to all the fans out here that continue to put their time, effort, and money into the New York Knickerbockers. And he said, hey, I don't give a shit if we're down 10, 12, 13 points. I'm going to put my starters in the whole time, and, and we're going to run you to – we're going we're gonna to keep going until the end. And I, I have no better, you know, proud feeling to wear this New York playoff shirt – than to have somebody than Tom Thibodeau who's going to coach this team and it's going to take it's going to take a lot to beat the Atlanta Hawks after what I saw tonight. Again, my biggest worry and the biggest thing that I had to say was that somebody else besides Trey Young has got to beat this New York Knicks team. And we'll, like I said, what we saw tonight was an entire team effort from the Atlanta Hawks, man, and you know, I can't say that it was disgusting, but you know, Atlanta just Flat out just played more physical. I mean, I saw Clint Capella absolutely throw Norland's Noel to the ground like a rag doll. You know, I saw um, a lot of tough, tough shots from the Knicks. You know, I think defensively, Atlanta just really notched it up. They they really, you know, tucked their sh jerseys into their shorts and they said, hey, you know, we're going to go out there and we're going to defend the Knicks, you know. And realistically, what we saw was every time Julius Randle you know, got a, got a catch or got a quality catch. You know, he's seeing the double team. And, you know, to quote the great, uh, you know, the quarterback who used to quote for, uh, play for the Jets, Sam Darno, he's like, I'm seeing ghosts out there. And when you're constantly seeing the double team and you're facing that every single, you know, possession that you get the ball, there's no, there's no, um, it's not surprising to see why Julius Randle shot one for 12 going into the, you know, was it the second half? And, you know, it's really tough. And I think Doris Burke said it the best. She said, when you have your top two scores with RJ Barrett and, you know, uh, Julius Randle, when they combine for less than what, 30 points, you know, you're going to have a tough time because ultimately, like I said, the Knicks throughout the season have struggled and had times where they have struggled scoring the basketball and, and go through scoring droughts. And you do not have that luxury in the playoffs. And you for damn sure don't have that luxury when Julius Randle isn't playing as his most improved self. I think the biggest, well, it was good that he was being honest about it. He said that, you know, he thinks that a little bit of the garden crowd got to him. But I think that that, says, that plays huge, you know, mentally for a player who's supposed to be the face of your franchise moving forward, which I add, they, they you know, moved to get the, the contract negotiations to extend this guy without exactly seeing any playoff, you know, stuff from him. You know, it's great. I, get, I kid you not. I am proud of Julius Randle for being the most improved player. You know, I'm proud of him for, you know, the 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 immense amount of work that he he's taken from, you know, Kobe, you know, Bryant's work ethic. You know, going back from the story that they love to talk about about, you know, how he said in Dallas he wanted to go get a haircut and go see his boys and Kobe said, "Nah, G, we're going to the gym to shoot." 
And, you know, that's kind of transitioned to him and his work ethic. And, you know, to say that Julius Randle isn't trying out there is, is false. And any Nick fan that has anything terrible to say about Julius Randle, you know, should really be ashamed of yourself because this man, without him, we wouldn't even be in the position that we're in. You know, half the and the sole reason why we are competitive in games is when Julius Randle plays well. So anybody that wants to badmouth about him, you know, it, you got to appreciate what he's done to get us to this point. Now that I've said that, now that I've said that I appreciate this guy, it is on him solely to play better if we're going to have any chance of beating Atlanta. This is three straight games now where he's had subpar performance. And, I again, I could say about how proud I am of him. You know, I can beat around the bush. But the fact of the matter is Julius Randle is playing like dog shit. And if he is not going to play better, if he's not going to be able to drop 30 a game, we are relying on the likes of Alex Burks, uh, a rookie in Emmanuel quickly. Yo, thank God for Derrick Rose because if we didn't have Derrick Rose, this, this series might not even be competitive because, like I said, I wanted to talk about what I saw in game two. In game two, I saw a team going out there to win. I saw a team going out there with confidence to go out there and get a dub. I saw tonight in game three a New York Knicks team that was playing not to lose. I saw a team that was tight. I saw a team that got physically outmuscled. I saw a team that got mentally outmuscled. I saw a team that had their franchise player in Julius Randle, who had a, his third straight terrible performance. And, you know, when you look at a, a performance like that, right, you look at something in game three and I say, what can change or what can, you know, what altering pieces have to be different to, to, to make a different outcome in, in game four? And ultimately, I think that answer, it, it, it's not a hard one, but it, it, it's, it seems so simple, but it seems so difficult for the Knicks right now. Number one, you got to be able to stop these lobs. Boy, don't you wish we had Mitchell Robinson right now. If we had Mitchell Robinson in there, you know, granted, New Orleans Noel has been great. He's been playing far exceeding his expectations, right? But I think that at times... You know, he and he showed that showed tonight he can get out muscled a little bit. And and Mitchell Robinson was an absolute defensive force when he was playing with this Nick team. And, you know, I think it's these times right now where they're just getting lob pass after lob pass for dunk after dunk. It's times where you really miss a Mitchell Robinson. You know, Taj Gibson is great, but you know, he's playing at an undersized position right now. And you know, the facts, the matter is those things cannot change. So what I think about is like, what has to change? Uh, can the Knicks get better on the, the, the defensive end perimeter wise? You know, they haven't been able to keep Trey Young in front of them. And when he, you know, gets that separation, when he breaks that first, second level, you're either getting that floater or you're getting a dunk. And the only way to stop that is to either double team or you got to really hunker down defensively and say, hey, maybe after these past three games, we couldn't keep Trey Young in front of us. But you got to dig deep inside it. You got to think within yourself and say, I am not going to take this anymore. I'm tired of Trey Young's balding ass, fucking doing the, the fly and shit and doing all this stuff. 
Who within the Knicks team is going to say, I'm going to stop that guy? Is it Reggie Bullock? Is it Derrick Rose? Is it Emmanuel Quickly? Who is going to step up, take the challenge, and say, I'm tired of Trey Young blowing past me? It is hurting our team. It is hurting everything that we've built, everything that we have, all the expectations. You have James Dolan who's saying, oh, if we make it to the second round, only vaccinated people can go to the games. Motherfucker, we got to get through this series first. You know, and I think that <laughs> when, when you think about all these high expectations, it, it, it's, it's so crazy to just think about just the fact that you could be looking forward and you got and you got to get through Atlanta, man. And, and to look at these facts, to say, can somebody stop Trey Young? Can Julius Randle show up? This is game. This is the fourth game. If he doesn't show up in the fourth game, you got to start to think: Is this my guy moving forward? Granted, I know that's a big statement to st- to say, but if this is your franchise guy, if this is the guy who you said I'm not going to wait to the end of the year, I'm going to give him the franchise. The keys to the franchise. I'm going to give him the contract extension. I'm going to give him the money. You got to put, you got to put up some some uh, playoff performances, man. You got to put in some production. And what we saw from Julius Randle in these past three games is not sufficient enough for a Nick win, right? So you, can you keep Trey Young in front of you? Can Julius Randle get it going? Because if you think about it defensively. You know, the, the Knicks didn't do so bad. You know, the, the Hawks just came out and made shots. The third thing the Knicks got to do, can these role players continue to play well? Are we going to rely on Derrick Rose to score another 30 points? Does he even have it in him? You know, he's been playing a lot of minutes. You know, I, I, I said I thank him so much for what he's done for this Knicks team. But, you know, somebody else got to step up. Reggie Bullock. Hit some really clutch shots in game two when I was in the garden. And, you know, he he, he made some, some shots today. But, you know, ultimately, like I said, it wasn't enough for a victory against the Hawks. And we all know the numbers. If you lose the, the, the third game when it's tied 1-1, 70% of the time the winner goes on to win the series. So this was a huge loss for the Knicks. But, you know, I look forward to game four. I really do because if you're a Knicks fan, this is the position. I wouldn't say this is the position that you want to be as a team, but as a fan, this is what I want to see because if you don't win game four, the series is over. It's over. It's over. If they don't win this next game, the series is over. So I want to see all those people that put on a New York Knicks jersey what are you made of? What are you made of? Are you going to take Trey Young disrespecting you consistently, laughing in your face, walking around like King Tut? Do you, is, are you going to continue to allow that to happen? Are you going to dig within and see what type of fortitude you have to get a win? Because I promise you guys, if the Knicks do not win game four and, and, and go back to New York down 3-1, this series is over. It's over. And, and, I, and I hate to say it as a Knicks fan, but from what I saw tonight, it, it's not encouraging. It's not encouraging. And uh, I, I believe in Tom Thibodeau. I'm still a fan. You know, I, I still am so happy that I was able to go to the Garden for game two. You know, it's huge. But... You know, to look at the facts, 
if the Knicks are not able to keep Trey Young in front of him, if you don't have Julius Randle or R.J. Barrett who's going to step up offensively, if you don't have the role players within the Knicks to step up and make some big shots so that Julius Randle, who has all the weight of New York City on his shoulders, if they don't have those things happen, which is asking a lot right now because if you look at that Atlanta team, that's a team with confidence. That's a team playing to win. And I think that this New York Knicks team has to get back to playing to win and not playing to lose, not to lose. Because there's a big difference. When you're playing timid and you're playing not to lose, that's when shit happens. But when you're playing free, having fun out there, you know, Julius Randle, I haven't seen him smile the whole series. We've been seeing him smiling and laughing, you know, all, all season long. Even in the second game, like, they did, you know, they did what they needed to do, but you didn't see a smile from Julius Randle. And, you know, Walt Frazier said it. It's all in his head right now. And, and I promise you, this Nick team cannot do what they need to do if they don't have Julius Randle playing with confidence, if this New York Nick team can't play with confidence. Because it starts with Julius Randle. And, um, you know, I, 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 I truly believe that this series isn't over yet. Um, I think that they're going to come out in game four very hungry because they know. They know what the what the the circumstances are. They know that seventy percent of the time, if you lose that that third game, tied one one, you're going home. They know it. They're professionals. They hear it all the time. So, you know, they know what's at stake. And I'm so excited to see what this Nick team is made of. You know, I, I want to see is Julius Randle the future? Is he the future of the franchise? Because if you are, you'll show me the you'll show me on Sunday. He'll show me a, a different Julius Randle. And if if not, then we know what we got moving forward, man. We know that, you know, hey, you got to come back and, and pretty much do the impossible. But let's not let's not get ahead of ourselves. I, I truly believe that Julius Randle can't play shitty four games in a row. And if, if so, it's really mental at that point because he's put the work in. I think this Knicks team defensively, they'll be all right. You know, they just they just faced a, a, an Atlanta buzzsaw tonight. And when you make te if you make shots, and this is the playoffs, you got to make shots. And, and and the Knicks didn't make shots tonight, so you know, I, you know, if you saw the same game that I did, don't worry, we're going. We're still in Atlanta. We're still in this series, but it's a must-win game. And then you know, after all that Knicks talk, after all that despair, I need a drink, man. I need a drink. And uh, the one that I wanted. I want to keep going on this Seltzer's theme, guys, because, again, like I said, Seltzer's aren't that bad, man. Um, I've been having them a little bit more than usual, but um, this one is actually called a Vizzy. The, the first time I had a Vizzy was in City Field. Shout out to City Field. And um, they, they they blend. A it's like usually like a blend of two different flavors, and, and they do it in a Seltzer form. And this one is actually uh, watermelon and strawberry mixed together. And um, it's 5% alcohol, so it packs a little punch. But, um, you know, I, I happen to say that, you know, since I've been drinking a lot more seltzers, you know, I've been open to drinking different ones. And, you know, the, the stigma is, oh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's a girly drink or, oh, it's not a beer. You know, you just got to get past it, man. You know, we're in different times now. Seltzers are acceptable. You got to do the things that you want to do. Don't let anybody stop you to deter you from doing the things that you want to do. 
And what I want to do is review seltzers, and there's nothing wrong with that. So cheers up. This one's called the Vizzy. Again, it's a watermelon and strawberry seltzer drink. Cheers up, guys. Let's go, Knicks. Theo, congratulations to your Atlanta Hawks, man. They're playing really good basketball. Um, you know the, you know they're great. They're a great opponent, man. Um, I think they were getting a very exciting series. Um, it's great to be, you know, in the playoffs again. But you know, there's still more work to be done. And I think that this, we got a lot more to enjoy, Theo. So enjoy this now. But uh, the war ain't over yet, brother. So cheers up, go Knicks, and. Uh, Keep believing, guys. Go Knicks. Go Knicks. Yeah, it's pretty good, man. Um, I think it's definitely a little bit more watermelony than it is strawberry. Um, I got a variety pack of these. Um, I have to say I do like the watermelon strawberry. It's probably not my favorite one. There was one. I think it was like a blueberry lemon one that was like fire. But um, this one's pretty good, man. I, I have to say, I, I probably, if I had to go out of 10, I'd probably give it about a, a strong 7. It's a strong 7. But, you know, Vizzy's in general, you know, I, I, I have to put them up there, man. Out of all the seltzers that I've had, being Bud Light being the worst, uh, you know, they had Corona ones, Michelob Ultra ones, and now trying these Vizzy's. You know, I, I definitely will have another Vizzy after this show, man. But, um. You know, we definitely want to give a big uh, shout out to all the people that participated in the raffle tonight. Um, you know, I got these really cool towels. You know, shout out to Madison Square Garden. We got some playoff towels here. This one actually says "We Are Here" with the 2000 uh, was it 2021 playoffs to the right. So I'm actually going to be raffling off one of these, hopefully to a, a New York Knicks fan. And then um, also they're going to be getting a Talk That Talk Show pin, an exclusive Talk That Talk Show pin, all right? Uh, we take care of our people here, man. And, um, you know, I'm really hyped to get this uh, raffle going. And, you know, good luck to everybody that uh, participated, man. And we'll see who's going to get this playoff town, man. And stay tuned because, like I said, uh, Brianne did donate for a raffle for uh, OG11, so... You might have one of those raffles coming sooner than you think. All right. So we're going to put in this raffle here. You know, we're going to have the countdown. Everybody out there, thank you for tuning in as always to the show. It's not exactly, like I said, the best feeling in the world, having your favorite team lose in the playoffs in a decisive way. But, hey, fuck it. That's what being a fan is all about, man. And um, I love my Knicks. And anybody else out there that's a fan of your team, don't give up on your team. Don't jump off your, your team's uh, bandwagon or whatever you want to call it. Don't, don't switch up sets because it makes times like this where I've waited X amount of years to see my team play in the playoffs. It makes it that much sweeter. So whatever team you're a part of, whatever you're a fan of, stick with them through the tough times. All right, here we go. We got the raffle going. And it looks like our winner is Alex Balonis. Oh, my boy Alex. He just got himself an OG11 not too long ago. So I guess I'm going to have to send him a playoff towel too, man. Shout out to you, Alex Balonis. Um, the winner of our raffle. 
He's also a huge, huge uh, TSP guy back in our tri-state player days. Um, I'm, I'm so happy you got the win on the raffle, especially after supporting on the OG 11s. I appreciate your support, brother. Appreciate you so much. And, you know, finally, you know, before I close out this show, I got to thank our sponsors once again. You know, shout out to Air We Are, my boy Jeff Galata doing big things, helping people. Like I said, summer's coming. It's about to get hot. Make sure your cooling is in order. Hit them up over there in the south side. It'll help hook you up, give you, you know, some great service. Also want to give a shout out to Maria and Joe Snow over in New York Life. Helping people to get financial freedom every single day. Come on, guys. Don't sleep on this help that I'm trying to give y'all out here, man. Uh, they're doing great work, so just hit them up. See what's up. Also want to give a shout-out to my boy Savion Gaynor over at Skydive Socks. He asked where his playoff towel is at. Yeah. So, um, you know, we got to see. I, I don't know if I got an extra one for him. I, I might have to... Uh, We'll have to see, we'll see, maybe go to a different game, get him a town. Nah, I'm kidding, man. We'll see what's up. Say he's been a, a real good friend of mine, so you got to hook up your friends. So I might have one. We'll see We'll see what I have for this guy, man. And then finally, want to give a big, big time shout out to my boy Timmy Hugo over at Ink Parlor, helping me to, you know, create every type of thing that I want with my merchandise. You know, having it coming out at the highest of quality and um, just being a good friend, man. Um, you know, you got to support your friends. And, you know, I, I have no, you know, better uh, sponsor in the world than this guy. And he's helped, you know, to make me have some really dope shirts, man. So if you guys, you know, he's helped my boy Robin out. Um, if you have anything merchandise related that you want done, you know, please hit him up because he does great work, man. He's done great work for me, and he'll do great work for you. Guys, keep believing if you're a Knicks fan. Don't worry, man. We're going to see what our team's made of, and I think that, you know, that's the most exciting part of being a fan is, you know, those do-or-die games, you know, what is your team made of? So, yeah, we're going to find out Sunday, and uh, hopefully by the next time, uh, you know, for next week, you know, this Nick team will still be playing significant games, man. So, you know, all we can do is hope. Shout out to Theo again to your Hawks, man. They're playing great basketball, but this shit ain't over, all right? I love you all. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for bearing with me for this New York Nick vent session. And, you know, I'll see you guys next week, all right?